Hello and welcome to the Build Up Podcast presented by Sports is a Job. My name is Colby Castillo and I am one half of the podcast. How's it going, everyone? My name is Max Simpson and I am the other half of the podcast. Each episode, join us pitch side to hear the boots on the ground stories from those helping to grill the beautiful game. We hope you join us weekly as we talk about the game that you call football, footy, soccer, whatever you call it. We hope you join us weekly. And if you are not already, please follow us on Twitter at The Build Up Pod. And now on The Build Up Podcast, it's Bianca Varar. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the very first episode of the Build Up Podcast presented by Sports is a Job. Here on the podcast, we'll be talking about and bringing on individuals that are within the soccer industry or footy or football, whatever it is you want to call it. This is the podcast all about that beautiful game. My name is Colby Castillo. I am one half of the podcast. And as always, I will be joined by the other half here, Max. Hey, how's it going, folks? Name is Max Simpson. Uh, excited to be launching the Build Up podcast. Really going to bring to you some exciting <clears throat> guests each episode, talking about uh, a bit about their career, their journey into soccer, advice that they're able to give to the young professional, and you know, talking to them about what they think the future of the landscape of soccer is, both here domestically in the United States, internationally, and uh, future events. So we got a lot of great stuff to cover. Super excited for our guest today. She is Bianca Varar. Little bit about her. Uh, she is with the Houston Dash uh, in the NWSL. And a super cool person to talk to. Had the pleasure of meeting her through Twitter. And it's been great so far. So, Bianca, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for this. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us, especially. I mean, we got a lot of time on our hand these days. We're all working from home. <laughs> I want to start off and give context to the people out there. Uh, what does you currently do with the Houston Dash? What is the position and what does that job entail? So I'm the digital marketing coordinator. Uh, I'm the lead for Houston Dash, but technically I work for both the Houston Dynamo of the MLS and the Houston Dash of the NWSL since we're all under one organization. For me, that usually means I run the Dash socials. Uh, I'm in charge of kind of keeping things going on the Dash website, whether it's content or just making sure things are rotating on there. And lastly, just emails that go up to members, ticket buyers, things like that. As we, as the podcast is called, it's called the buildup. So we have to figure out, you know, where did this love for soccer start? I'm not a soccer fan myself. But I mean, I'm trying to learn the game through this podcast. Max is probably in the opposite end. So what is it, you know, is there a certain moment in your life that you can probably recall? Where did the passion for soccer start? Yeah, I mean, I've always been around it. My parents aren't super big sports fans, but my uncle was super big on soccer growing up. So I kind of like watched with him, wasn't super about it at the time. Um, and then I, I played on the middle, middle school team, um, all that kind of stuff. But it just wasn't something I really wanted to do all the time. It was kind of just like, yeah, this is cool. But I think the turning point for that would probably be the 2011 Women's World Cup, uh, where they went all the way to the final. Um, I was at my uncle's house that summer, just spending my summer there, and he'd have it on all the time. So it was kind of hard not to sit and watch and get entertained. But those games were really what made me fall in love with the sport. And after that, like it was everything I wanted to do. So uh, it was just soccer, soccer, soccer all the time. I don't know how my parents put up with me. <laughs> 
How about Max? How about you? Can you recall any of your, your, that one moment, maybe in the beginning stages of your life that kind of make it was the turning point for you. You knew that soccer was your sport. But I remember specifically uh, 2010, the world, the men's world cup. And I'm, and I mean, I I'll describe like you describe it, it pretty much, even if you're not a soccer fan, everyone remembers this moment, <laughs> the Landon Donovan goal. Oh man. Like that, that was, that for me, like I, I still get, you know, that's a, that's a goosebumps moment. Like you're, you know, extra, extra time about to, about to bow out of the world cup and not even make it into the knockout rounds and bam, that goal just unites the entire country. You see just everyone on screen going nuts. All of like my friends, like we're, my like my buddy my two buddies who are sitting on the couch with me like we just get up and we're just like we're jumping around we're hugging like let's go like we win the game it's it's awesome i think i think there's the beauty about soccer is even it you know even if you just fall on the club level it's very uniting but it's it is interesting how we both uh, both of us we share that world cup experience of you know something bigger like going rooting for your country and i think that's that's a really cool thing Definitely. I think it's interesting as far as like compared to the other sports, um, soccer is one of those sports where it can really and truly unite a country. You know, it's it's a game that the soccer, not just like the soccer community, but really the normal fans such as myself or anyone around the country can kind of support and gather around. And that's one of the interesting things about soccer. Now, I want to take a look at your career, right? You currently work for the Houston Dash, like you were mentioning. And in July of 2014, you started off as a student volunteer. And then in July to August 2018, you were a communications assistant. And then now here you are working full time for them as well. So it's, it's, it's crazy how this circle kind of works its way around. How did you end up going from volunteer to communications assistant to now being full time? What was that process like? Yeah, so the NWSL started in 2013, but the Dash were the first expansion team the following year in 2014. And once we got a team, it was kind of just all hands on deck. I wanted to be around everything. I was a season ticket holder. I would go to all the events, like get to know the players. And the thing about the women's soccer community, which was super cool, and it still is like this, like the the players, the staff and everyone are just very open and inviting to fans. And like, they love sitting and talking to you. They're super grateful for what they get to do. You can tell. And um, at the time I was talking to the head coach and I was like, I want to work in women's soccer when I go up, grow up. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'd love to just be around. I don't know if it's like coach, general manager in the front office. And he was super, super um, willing to help me get experience at least. So I was a game day volunteer for one or two games during the summer before school started. So that was really exciting. And it was just kind of like operations as usual. One game I was the timekeeper. The other, I was just doing general back of house operations and I loved it like it wasn't what I wanted to do at the end of the day but it was just being around everyone else who was doing everything was super cool and just my foot in there was amazing and that kind of was like yes I want to work in women's soccer no I don't know what to do yet but like this is it for me and then I went off to college and uh, at first I wanted to study marketing because I felt like that was the way to go for me my parents did not agree (laughs) Um, so I, it's funny because I actually ended up studying finance with a minor in marketing, which really weird. If you look at my job, it doesn't make sense, but <laughs> it worked for me. Uh, and when I was looking at internships, I was looking at sports internships, but my main thing was being able to <clears throat> go home and be able to kind of work with the team there if it was possible. And fortunate enough for me, there were a couple of internships open. I applied for probably a partnership marketing one in the communications one. And I actually knew the communications person at the time, Edgar Belize, and he 
thankfully hired me for the job. Um, super great friends with him. He ran the Twitter for a while too. So it was a lot of just knowing the people who were involved in the front office, I think was a very big, big part of where I got to today. Um, so that summer I was his communications assistant and I wrote pieces for the website, got to go out to practice every day, helped on game days with like recaps and main points and stuff like that. And I just loved it. I love being around the team. I love writing about the team. Like I just love everything about what like telling people stories in different ways is really what got to me. Uh, so kind of after that, I was like, this is something I want to do. And then my following year, I kind of got to the point where I was like, all right, like I need to look for jobs once I graduate. Like this is getting down to the wire. Uh, I was kind of, hold I was holding out for the Dynamo or the Dash to have a spot open, but obviously I, I applied to other jobs just to be safe. Mm -hmm. uh, and then this uh, digital marketing position opened and I kind of was like, this is it. Like this is what I want to do. And my four years at the University of San Diego, I was the manager for their women's soccer team. So I was kind of doing a lot of things because I'd never had been a manager before. Uh, so I was doing like on the field things, off the field things, but most importantly, I was running their social media. So once this position opened up, I was like, this is a perfect fit for me. And I applied. Um, it was kind of a long process to kind of get to the final interview because uh, vacations and just they didn't know if they're hiring one or two people and all this stuff but thankfully it worked out and I got hired and I've been there ever since and I love it yeah definitely and I think when it comes to storytelling right what you're trying to accomplish through storytelling um, especially on the social media side or writing articles is you want to bring that passion that emotion um, the human side of the game to life so other people outside see it and one of the things with soccer is that these are super passionate fans. I've, I've watched a couple highlights. I've watched a couple documentaries about soccer. And it's, it's super, they're super passionate about the game. The players love the game. And so how, in your guys' opinions, right, through storytelling, how is it that you bring the, this passion that you guys have for soccer, how do you bring it to life so that other people understand what's going on in the soccer, um, soccer world? I think for me, just my biggest thing especially these past few months working with the Houston Dash is just being able to get people to see the people behind the field like off of the field like seeing the team in their natural setting showing their personalities it's kind of when people are able to root for someone because of who they are it's a lot easier to just follow their sport if you're not necessarily a fan of their sport um I think a lot of I think that's really what happened like for example in the 2019 World Cup the USA won the whole thing and it was great and we got a lot of new fans but what I've noticed personally from what I've seen is people are in love with the people who make up the team rather than just the team and all their accomplishments and everything they're fighting for a lot of it, it goes to who they are as people and what at the end of the day they do outside of the field like that for me is just kind of being able to tell that story and bring people in that way is just so so fulfilling for me mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I would uh two points I would first say the Absolutely. The players are your biggest asset. They're the ones where, and if you're able to get them in their, you know, natural setting and have them showcase their personality, you know, not everyone's the same, but so many of them are very like charismatic. They're eager. They just want to, they just want to, you know, be one of the, you know, be a member of the team, you know, men's women's, like they all just have that camaraderie. So it's really cool just to see them in that setting. And especially, on a global stage like the World Cup, they tend to transcend the sport and really, um, like, you know, the thing with, like, Megan Rapino, where she's doing the whole, like, 
that like that was <laughs> that was everywhere for weeks and weeks and oh, weeks and yeah. like stuff like and like stuff like that like you you know that happens in other sports too but it's just wild how it's everything is on a global stage it really is magnified it touches every corner of the globe uh and i would say the second part is listen is talking to your fellow supporters talking to uh diehard fans of the club people say you know soccer football footy is a religion it really is because this is a huge part of people's lives they travel with them they have entire shrines to them they do chants for 90 minutes with them it's <laughs> i i think i think the players it's the it's the looking at the players is the best way to get a feel for what they bring to the game and i think the supporters is if you are curious why to support a team or why to follow just talk to them and they'll it's contagious it's hard not to after talking to some of them now how do you but and i guess you're in the social media side right and the digital yeah. marketing um you're talking about getting them getting people to understand who they are as people so now when it comes to content what kind of content that are you guys putting out that showcases that yeah, I mean, a lot of it is obviously we're limited to training things uh, sometimes, just pure soccer. But outside of that, we try to kind of just keep our cameras rolling um, at all times if we can, if that's possible. If they're just after practice, just goofing off, kind of just pick out what's going on and pull out our cameras and hope for the best and hope they show something. But if not, um, we kind of try to find out who they are, get to know them a little bit, talk to them, hear their stories and see if there's anything interesting we can pick up from them or we'll do like a fun type video off field, like maybe just something with their dogs because the Dash have very many dogs on their team and they're big dog people. So things like that, just kind of getting to know the people and being able to find out what they're comfortable with, what they're not, because not everyone's going to want to showcase their personality in front of a camera. Some people just aren't comfortable with it. Others are just awkward. So kind of just it's very tricky to do so at times, but just being able to figure out what makes them tick, what they are very passionate about. If you hear them start talking about something and not stop, like that's how you know you found it. Um, I'm still playing with it myself because I don't really, we have kind of a new team this year. So it's a lot of just trying to figure out who's comfortable with what, who is friends with who, like that kind of thing. And once you figure that out, it's a lot easier to just kind of pull out your camera and be like, oh, like, let's do this. Or like come to them with an idea and be like, hey, what if we shoot this video? So it's a lot of just getting to know and observing. I would say. Mm -hmm. I can tell that you know a lot about what you're doing. And it's just interesting because in the beginning of the episode, you mentioned you were a finance uh, major is what you graduated with a minor in marketing, obviously. Yeah. What, what was it like? Like, how did you gain the knowledge, knowledge for you to be able to do your job? I mean, you got a finance background. I mean, outside yeah. of maybe the analytics of, of the social media posts, uh, outside of it is really like different techniques and things like that. So how did you learn that? When I was working with the team back in college, uh, they kind of gave me the social media. I kind of asked for it. I was like, hey, like, let me do your social media. It's not that great. Like, let me step <laughs> in. Like, at this point, they didn't really have an athletics department who was working on, like, video and graphics and things like that. So I gladly decided to be like, hey, like, I don't know much, but I'll help you out. So it started that way. And that's, at the time, it was our assistant coach kind of, like, approved every single thing I was doing. And I was like, this is getting annoying. But coaching changes happened. A lot of people came in, came out, and this new coach came in and was like, hey, like, I trust you. Go ahead and do whatever you want. And I was like, all right, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but if you say <laughs> so. And it just, I kind of 
went with the flow, watched what other college teams are doing, UCLA, North Carolina, Stanford, those were really good ones to just pay attention to. So I think a lot of what I figured out was just by watching other teams and kind of taking in what they were doing and trying to emulate that with my team. And then once I came to the dash, I have honestly learned so much. Honestly, I'm sometimes confused on how I got this job because I feel like I knew nothing compared to the people that came in, that I came in working with. Um, and I recently just got a new director back in November, I think. And he, just the way he thinks is amazing. Like he's very much on the content, on like the numbers, just putting everything together and being able to tell you, yes, this is what we should do. No, hold that for this. And like just everything about timing and content and like just the tone of what we do has been so incredible since he's come on. Like I, it's been amazing. And I've just soaked up everything I can from him. Let's give him a shout out. What's his What's his name? His name is Garrick Heinrich. He is on Twitter and he's verified if anyone wants to follow him. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Nice. Verified. Um, no, and that's a that's a great point. You know, meeting a lot, talking to a lot of people, and seeing that you don't have to be resigned to. Oh, if you want to work in social media, you have to have the degree in it. You have to have the experience in it. You know, you're able to start in finance or start in marketing or start entirely outside of sports and be able to work in it if you put your mind to it. Um, I am curious because your experience is, you know, soccer heavy and it's cool that you've found out you've discovered, you know, pretty early on in your academic career that you want to work in soccer. So I would ask you, what is the, if you know you want to work in soccer, what made your decision and your path, uh, knowing that you want to do that. Did you ever have a, did, did you ever think about, Hey, maybe I could take a role with, uh, like a football or a basketball or X program, knowing that that'll get me experience, but it might get me farther away from soccer, even though I might be able to get back in it. What was that whole thought process like? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, super soccer oriented growing up, working with the team in college and everything. But I mean, the reality at the end was I wanted to work in sports. Eventually, I'll obviously get to soccer. So I was super open, but just everything that I was looking at, I was just like, I don't know if I'd be happy in this position, that position, because a lot of the positions I was applying to at the time, like they weren't digital marketing or social media positions. It was more like, partnership marketing or communications and it was I applied to them gladly because I wanted to get into sports but something about it just didn't I knew that I wasn't going to be completely happy there and I would have loved to work for say Rockets or Texans or anyone else here in the Houston area they're all really great organizations but just the way that it worked out for me was super lucky like the the, the Dynamo Dash job was the job that accepted me first so I went with it right away but I would have been open to kind of just going into any sport and putting my foot in the door at least. That's and I think awesome. it, it, you have to point out and I have to point it out because you say, you know, you said luck, but when I took a look, when I take a look at your journey and the process of things, what you're doing, um, you have to eliminate the word luck. I think it just meant, you know, opportunity met you at the right time because you did the things that you had to do. You were a student volunteer at one point. You were a communications assistant at one point, and then your whole time with uh, when you were at San Diego, you were a student manager for a soccer team. So I think it's important for everybody to understand that there are certain steps you can take to reach the goal that you have. And one of the interesting things about you and Max, right, because Max says he wants to be part of the FIFA World Cup, 
2026. Is that correct? I don't want to get that wrong. 2026. And you talked about you wanted to be part of soccer, but your both of your guys willingness to do whatever it takes to be part of that is what got you to where you are today. Like Max and Bianca, you, you both talk about how I don't know where or what position that I'm going to be in, but I know I'm going to be part of that game or part of that uh, FIFA World Cup or soccer in general. So I guess my next question, based on your personal journey, and you can answer this if you want, is you mentioned that your parents kind of told you that you did, the marketing area wasn't the route that you should go down. But then you took the finance, you went to minor marketing, but then you still got to work in soccer today. So was there a challenge when it came to, um, were you kind of opposing your parents? How did they wrap their mind around you working in soccer? Because Max and I, and all of us can talk about it. The soccer industry doesn't pay well. It's not something that you, you make a ton of money right off the bat. But again, again, you put happiness at the forefront. That's what's important, right? The happiness and your passion. So what is it, that process of kind of like, going away from what your parents said and really chasing after your passion and happiness. What was that process like for you? Yeah, well, so fun fact, my parents are both immigrants from the Philippines. And if you know Filipino stereotypes, yes, my mom is a nurse. Um, (laughs) uh, My dad is an accountant, so very practical, very much we will get paid, we will make money type of people, which is fair. And obviously they wanted a better life for me, my sister. Um, but you know, I kind of pushed off a lot of what they wanted me to do. I didn't directly tell them no, but I was like, okay, okay, I'll think about it. Uh, at one point my mom wanted me to be an orthodontist. I (laughs) don't know, but you know, going into college, it was very much, they wanted me to kind of go, well, my mom wanted me to go medical and I was like, all right, let's do business because that'll get me at least multiple places throughout the door. Um, and then I originally thought about business admin because it was super general, but, uh, actually my high school coach and English teacher back in the day told me why well, I told her I was what I was going to major in. And she was like, no, you're too smart for that. Go more specific. And I was like, oh, I thought I was doing something smart here, but all right. Uh, so I kind of played around with it. And again, marketing was my intended path, but my parents were very much like, that doesn't pay well. Their version of marketing was very much the traditional marketing side, I would say, like very much when they grew up, wasn't making that much money. But you know, the day and age we live in marketing is almost everything at this point. So I kind of decided for a compromise. I wasn't the best at finance, but I was good enough to get by and get decent grades. So that's kind of where I was like, all right, we'll settle on this. I'll still do marketing as a minor and I can take those electives, but finance just to make my parents happy. So we agreed on that. And when it was time to look for a job, my dad, I'm pretty sure he thought I was applying to like big companies mm-hmm. where I would sit in the desk in nine to five and just mock my life out, which, you know, like if he wanted to do that, that's fine, but that was never going to be my plan. Uh, and they knew, they knew I wanted to work in soccer. I mean, I worked with the team at college all the time. They knew that like the coaches would talk to them about my intended career path, kind of just like how much I could do in soccer. And I started to believe that. So I was like, you know what? Like, this is what I'm going to do. And we never really had a final sit down conversation. It was kind of just like, if I can get an opportunity with a soccer team, I'm going to go for it. Uh, My mom's only thing was she wanted me to come home. (laughs) But considering how much I love Houston now and just love the club, I was like, all right, if they have a job opening for me, I'll go for it. Like, I'm not going to say no to that. And fortunately enough, at the time, the digital marketing coordinator position opened up and 
got that job. And at that point, my mom was like, well, you did get a job before you graduated. So I guess now we really have to go with it. And um, they're super, they don't really understand why I work the hours I work. They don't understand why I'm technically always on the clock just with digital things and sports, but they try to be supportive. And that's what I appreciate, uh, though they do think I'm going to go to grad school and that's just <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's, it's funny where it's like, oh yeah, like that was a desk job. Well, pops, I got some news for you. No, it, my, my favorite conversation to tell, to have with people when I'm like, oh, like, what do you do? Yeah, no, I, I work, you know, we're, I work for a soccer team, you know, and, you know, do this and that. It's like, oh yeah. So what are you, one of the players? <laughs> like people, people, I get like every other, every other time that's the answer. Like, oh, are you like, you're one of the players. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a player. I'm flattered. I am flattered, but no, <laughs> yeah. not at all. But I, I think it's, I think it's just building, um, you know, that awareness. And I think 20, 30 years ago, a lot of people didn't even know you could work in sports or didn't know what that looked like. And I think <clears throat> nowadays that it is, um, you know, not only is it possible, but it's the opportunities, there's new roles emerging, like the, like a, a, a digital content person like that's that's not a thing what like five even five years ago certainly not 10 years ago that's not a it's crazy how uh how fast this industry is changing uh what what do you think are some other emerging trends that you think are gonna see in sports in general but specific you know also specifically for soccer you know i there's just the growth of soccer and sports in general has been insane the past like even five to six years it's Mm -hmm. just I definitely didn't know my job existed when I started college. So like the room, like the sky's the limit for sports. And I feel like there people are just getting so creative with how they can brand a team and what elements they need to make a team come together. It's really special. And I, it's, I can't even begin to describe just how much I think that soccer and sports are just going to keep growing and opportunities are going to keep coming up for literally anyone and everyone. Um, I honestly, like, I really couldn't tell you just even from the growth that I've seen the past couple of years, like I'm still trying to, I feel like I'm kind of trying to catch up here and know what is going on. Honestly. I definitely have to agree. Like there's so many things going on. It's, it's hard to put a, a pinpoint on what's going on, but I think it's, it's, it's important what we got going on here. Um, the passion of Max and Bianca of the soccer industry. And then, and then and my vision is, one day somebody who knows it could be next week when we release this episode or the week after 10 years from now um someone uses this episode for their kid or for someone out there right to expose them to what actually happens on behind the sports industry you know we know the players we know the coaches but do we know the digital content um creators do we know the partnership coordinators do they know the game management people are those people people don't really know about them. They're not in the forefront. They're not in the media. So that's why I think a lot of times when it comes to people, older people or people even coming up now, they don't know that they can work in sports. There's a job in sports outside of just being an athlete. Now let's talk about the game of soccer. Now, where do we begin when we're trying to, trying to grow this game? Is it at the youth level? Youth level? Is it at the high school level? Is it at the college level? Or is it at the pro level where we really focus our time to try to grow this game of soccer in this country? Yeah, I mean, it's a hard question because I feel like soccer has just been trying to break through in this country for years and years. And sometimes you feel like it's finally starting and then we take five steps back. Um, I think at every level it's important, but especially I think maintaining our pro 
clubs and our pro level is incredibly important just so people can constantly see that there is a way to get to the top in this country. There is a way to be able to get there and hopefully one day be paid enough to where other sports are getting paid, like basketball or baseball. Like they get paid ridiculous amounts. And mm -hmm. even in the MLS, like they get paid well, but the NWSL, those those women like props to them for doing what they do because it's still not enough. Like just the sheer fact that sometimes I have to pick up jobs or go play somewhere else in the off season is ridiculous to me, but just being able to maintain that I would say would be the most important. But again, like encouraging kids to play soccer, showing them games, things like that. Like it just all around, there are different things we can do. Um, but for sure, just being able to make sure our proteins are here to stay and they don't fold or they don't go anywhere. Like we need that visual for the younger generations to be like, Hey, you can be here one day too, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think to your point, you know, we, it, it's not for a lack of uh, talent. Like we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the U S has, and not just soccer, like in general, the athletes in, in this country are, I mean, just across the board, your average athlete is gotta be like the best in the world, if not, you know, one of the best. So it's not that there's a small pool of talent. I think it's after that age of four five, six years old, where if you ask someone like, oh, have you played soccer? I would say majority of people say yes. But then if you ask that, well, have you played soccer past the age of like six, those hands go down. And, you yeah. know, if you, you know, past like middle school, high school, like, you know, if you can't make it past that, like, not can't make it, but if you don't play soccer past that, like six, seven year old mark, you're, I think you're, you're very much less likely to play it moving forward. You know, I, I mean, I, I was played it from like four to 11 years old, stopped for three years in middle school. And then, uh, picked it back up through high school and beyond, but I think it's, I think it's really paramount to try to, you know, how I, I, I don't know that I don't have that answer off the top of my head, but how are we going to continue people past that, you know, six, seven, whatever that age is to have them continue playing. I, I know there's the alternatives. I know, you know, other sports like, you know, football and people might see it as too dangerous um, basketball. Maybe it's harder to, um, you know, it's maybe like you have to have like a certain physical attribute that people may just don't, it's apparent they're not going to hit it by a certain age. Soccer, they come in all shapes and sizes. Um, I don't know if that's increased emphasis on youth. I don't know if that's, if that's enticing better, um, better like systems or not systems like better facilities um, for when people make it to kind of show them, Hey, this is what it's all about. I don't know what that is, but I, I, I have definitely seen that that's where that kind of breakup is, is at that younger age, either you keep playing or you just don't. And if you don't, that doesn't mean you're necessarily not going to support soccer clubs and, you know, go to games, uh, grow the culture. But I think if you're definitely a lot less likely to, I'd, you'd have to think. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to look at the landscape of like you were talking about athletes and sports in general, right? You're saying that the U S has, a ton of great athletes, but what sports are they going into? Um, they're not going into soccer. They're going into football, into basketball. And that's why when you look at the leads that we have here, some of the best players in the world are American born. But then ask, and then, then you look at like the landscape of, so of sports in general, like who are the stars that they put in the media? You know, you see football stars, you see um, basketball players, but you don't see male soccer stars on the female side. You do see female, female soccer stars. 
So maybe that's why we're seeing a up in level of playing when it comes to women, because these young girls are seeing women stars and they're like, oh, I want to be like her. I want to be like them. So they go the soccer route compared to the male route. Like, to be honest, I don't even know who a famous male soccer player in America is right now. I can't name one on top of my head, but I can tell you LeBron James. I can tell you Kevin Durant. I can tell you Patrick Mahomes. So I, I'm pretty sure there's young boys out there that probably look at sports in general and they're like, I want to be like Patrick Mahomes. I want to be like LeBron James, but they don't have that male soccer star that they can relate to. Um, but so it's, it's, it's interesting on where the game is going to go in soccer in general. So to end the podcast, what we want to do is, um, Bianca, if you could explain to everyone out there who maybe is not a soccer fan or is a soccer fan, if you could describe why the game of soccer is so beautiful and why is it such a, a, a beautiful game and why people should follow it? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> um, I, soccer is just one of those sports that, for me, just every time I see it on, like, it doesn't have to be a team I like. I'll sit and watch, and I think it's just because the movement is just so incredible. If they're playing really good soccer, it's just almost effortless, I feel like, and just the amount of work these athletes put in, and you watch them running up and down in the field, it's, it's incredible. Like, I certainly can't do that, but just being able to watch them do it without even a second thought, and you in soccer you have to think three or four steps ahead of what you're doing like just everything about soccer is very much like athleticism your critical thinking like being able to tell where people are on the field without looking like those things to me just make the sport so amazing and even more so just the feeling of a team scoring or like being able to tie it up or getting the game winner like those moments always bring me chills I can't explain it but it's just like all that hard work you're putting on the field has finally paid off and the passion that people have, you know, when they like tug on their crest or like just scream in excitement, like it's everything about it is just chilling. I feel like every single time it doesn't like the feeling just never gets old. Well, thank you, Bianca, for joining us on the build up podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me guys. Yeah, of course. Before we, uh, right before we go, just want to see where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter. It is at Bianca B. Verar, I think. Yeah, I think that's my Twitter. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, Twitter and also Instagram, same thing, at Bianca B. Verar. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for hopping on the Build Up podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.